0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. We're in the book of Mark, as you well know by now, and I am almost to the end of introducing the mug of the day, which is a little bit bittersweet, so I had to at least get this one in one more time. It is the I'm over it mug. I love this one. Got a picture of a man with a mask on, and it says, I'm over it, and I I do, uh, that's kind of my mug that reminds me of all of that COVID craziness that we all went through here not too long ago, although it does seem like it's in the rearview mirror uh, pretty distant now, and I'm glad for that. Uh, Send those postcards in, by the way. If uh, you can just look at the description there uh, on the the podcast, you'll see the home address. Just put Everyday Truths, uh, write down that address. Send me a postcard. Even if you're on vacation in some exotic place like, you know, Tucumcari New Mexico, or wherever, Hong Kong, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to see it, and I'd love to show everybody else uh, that postcard as well. Hey, Mark, chapter one, we are talking or began talking about the ministry of John the Baptist. Jesus said of John that there was not a greater born of woman than John the Baptist. What, what a man he was, a man wholly dedicated to the proposition that Jesus is coming and we need to be ready for him and we need to change our thinking in light of his coming. And what a, what a great focus for all of us. That our ministries could be, a, a, could, our, our lives could be immersed in the, a dedication to lifting up Christ and proclaiming him. I like what John said uh, there in John chapter three about himself, about his ministry, and about the Lord. He said, He must increase, I must decrease. Love that. He also said, Hey, he is the bridegroom. I'm simply the friend of the bridegroom. He is the one that deserves the honor and the glory. John said, Here's who I am. I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Uh, he didn't see himself in terms of accolades, he didn't see himself in terms of self inflated importance. He saw himself in terms of his biblical responsibility. I know who I am. I know what God wants me to do, and I'm always going to identify myself in terms of how God has declared, uh, whom God has declared me to be. A great lesson for all of us. Look at verse number five of our text here in Mark chapter one, where the Bible says, and there went out unto him, unto John, all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and we're all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. So John had this ministry that began six months before Jesus' ministry. And this ministry of John's was wildly successful. Now here's John. He's not in the the fastest growing community in Israel. Uh, he's not taking out Facebook ads Uh, He's not having some kind of a big billboard or fancy building. John's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, He's in the wilderness. He's by the muddy Jordan River. And yet the Bible says that his message is attracting people from all Judea. So Judea is the region. Jerusalem is the city. And Judea and Jerusalem, that was the seat of religiosity, now there were other parts of Israel back in those days, like Perea, which is on the other side of the Jordan River, modern-day Jordan, and Galilee. that's where Jesus grew up, places like uh, the Sea of Galilee and uh, the region of the valley of Armageddon, we would call, like places like Nazareth and Cana. That's up in Galilee. But the Bible says that John's ministry is attracting even the religious elite. People from Judea and from Jerusalem are coming out. And the Bible gives us some of who those people are in Matthew's account. I mean, people are coming out that are Pharisees. They want to know who Jesus is. Uh, People are coming out that are publicans. Uh, They typically weren't even accepted within the religious circles of those days. Uh, Even Roman soldiers are coming out to hear the message of John. Uh, the, The message of repentance, this thunderous message about the coming Messiah, is reaching all strata of society, and they're coming out and they're sincerely adopting the message of John because they're being baptized. That's an outward sign of their legitimate, genuine commitment to the truth of his message. And so they're they're asked by John, bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. Uh, And so don't just talk about it, but be willing to have a life that backs up the commitments that you're making. That good things are happening and people's minds are are humbled and they're looking for the soon coming of Messiah. Remember, uh, there in the book of John in chapter one, uh, the religious leaders of Jerusalem were so intimidated by the popularity of John. Uh, they were so uh, they they were so puzzled by his uh, burgeoning ministry that they sent out a delegation. Remember John chapter one, they want to know who is this guy and what is his appeal? And they asked him some specific questions. They said, uh, are you the Messiah? And John, of course, said, no, I am not. Are you that prophet? So the the Jews were looking for another forerunner of Messiah called that prophet uh, after the manner of Moses. That's Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 15. Now, that prophet actually is another name for Messiah. But in the Jewish way of thinking, they were thinking that's just another forerunner of Messiah. Are you Christ? Are you that prophet? No, no. Who are you? Remember, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. So John's ministry is really, really successful in that sense. Look at verse number six. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. So he had a weird demeanor. He had a weird venue. uh, He wore weird clothes. He ate weird food. I mean, he was just different, wasn't he? And really his demeanor his message, his calling, his clothing, his diet, all of that, all of it would remind a person of that day of the ministry of Elijah. Boy, if you want to see a similarity in the Old Testament, look at Elijah. Elijah who came out from seemingly nowhere, remember that Elijah the Tishbite, and declared a message, a thunderous message, and was even willing to speak up against the king of the day, as we shall see John will do. In Mark chapter six, we'll see that uh, when we get there. What's the point? The point is that John is coming in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He is the one that is preceding the ministry of Jesus Christ. He is preaching this message of repentance. Now, if you would look at verse number seven. So here's the preaching of John verse seven. And he preached saying, there cometh one mightier than I after me. So he was not a self promoter. Uh, John was the most popular preacher of the day. His message had great authority. Uh, People from all walks of life were coming. And yet John wasn't there to point to himself. John wasn't there to uh, to saturate the, the, the attention that was coming his way. No, John was there to say, no, you've not seen anything yet. There's coming one that's mightier than I. And then he, he offers this, and I, I just love this metaphor. He said, there's coming one mightier than I, verse number seven, whose the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. What a statement of humility. You know, in Bible days, when one would enter a home, uh, typically the shoes would be removed and the feet would be washed. And the job of the household servant, in many cases, the slave, or in some poor families, the youngest child, their job was to wash the feet. It was the job of the lowest servant. And what John said is, I'm not worthy when it comes to the ministry of Jesus Christ. I am not worthy even to perform the lowest job. Uh, I'm not worthy to unlatch his shoe latchet. Now, what's very interesting is Jesus did just that, didn't he? In John chapter 13, where Jesus was willing to gird himself with a towel. uh, Jesus was willing to wash the feet of uh, those that that followed him what what a great example of humility but here John is saying is I'm not even I'm not even worthy to do the most humble job when it comes to serving the Lord maybe that's one of the reasons why Jesus said that John was so great because greatness is really typified biblically by humility uh, perhaps that's why the Bible says before honor is, Humility. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in due time. Humility precedes honor. And we see that certainly true in the ministry of John the Baptist. One last verse that I'll read for us is verse number eight, where John is preaching and testifying and saying, I indeed have baptized you with water, but he, that's Jesus, that's Messiah, that's the one that will come, that's the mightier one. Uh, the one of whom I'm not worthy. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So yes, my ministry might be authenticated in the fact that you are following my teaching and proving it by your willingness to submit to my baptism in water as a symbol of your change of thinking. But Jesus will Baptize you with the Holy Ghost. That will be the ultimate sign of the validity of his ministry. That he will give you a measure of God Himself. He'll baptize you, immerse you with the Holy Ghost. That will be the validation that you have that 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 he is who he is, and you are indeed following him, the Son of God. And what we find that, don't we? How did Jesus baptize them with the Holy Spirit? At Pentecost, how did he baptize them with the Holy Spirit? Uh, I think they're in Acts chapter eight when Peter and John went to check up that Samaritan revival. In Acts chapter ten with Cornelius, uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost was a was, was a way by which Jesus validated that the salvation in this person's heart is real, and the sign of baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, back in those days was. Uh, they would speak in tongues. Now, we could have a separate study about that. I don't think speaking in tongues is a gift that is uh, bona fide for today. I think it was a sign gift given to early believers to demonstrate that uh, other groups like Samaritans and, and Gentiles did indeed receive the same spirit as the disciples. So Jews, Acts 2, Samaritans, Acts 8, gentiles acts 10 but all of it was jesus saying i validate you as my own not through water but for the holy through the holy spirit himself now we'll come back to that i probably created more confusion than i wanted to by jumping into that verse uh, but we're uh, out of time for today so let's stop right there we'll come right back here tomorrow hope you'll join us god bless you my friends thanks for taking time to listen If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.